Hey everybody, this is Eliza Delgado and I'm guest hosting on The Leadership Locker this week. This episode, we're featuring JT McCormick, Javon McCormick. We love him from Scribe Media as the CEO over there. I sat down with him in Austin, had a wonderful conversation, really just talking about the ins and outs of publishing. What does it look like? What are misconceptions about it? And I think you'll find a lot of value in this conversation. So stick around and learn a little bit about publishing. Hey everybody, this is Eliza Delgado. I'm back here with Javon JT McCormick. We're continuing a conversation about publishing, the ins and outs, things that you should know as a startup publisher, if you're kind of revisiting a next iteration of a book release and things like that. So I'm having a conversation with an actual expert, president and CEO of Scribe Media, and we're just going to answer some questions. So this is just meant to be conversational. And Javon... This is an extension of a previous podcast that we just recorded <laughs> with you and Rich. So thank you so much for extending the conversation. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. First, let's start with, I'm just curious, why publishing for you? Oh, gosh. So I was the president of a software company and I was traveling a lot and it hit me. Oh, man, if something happened to me, my children would not know my background story. They would not know that I don't know where my last name comes from or, you know, the the origin story of my dad was a pimp, so on and so forth. And so I set out on this mission of, okay, how can I write my book? And I got introduced to the two co-founders of Scribe, Tucker Max and Zach Obron. And Tucker comes over to the, the office at the software company. And we're sitting down, we're talking, and he's like, yeah, you definitely got a book in you. And so we're wrapping up. And he says, man, you've built a great company here. And I said, man, no one person ever builds a great company. It takes a team of people to, to build a great company. And he looks at me, he says, hey, when you're going through our process, can you give me feedback on it? They were only 13 months old at the time. I said, yeah, sure. And I think he thought I was bullshitting him. I get my first email interaction with the company. I call him up. I'm like, hey, do you still want that feedback? And he's like, yeah. I said, okay, man, I swing hard. And he goes, give it to me. I was like, this is great. Good. Like it. This sucks. What were you thinking? Don't ever do this again. And he's like, you got all that from an email. I was like, yeah, why? He said, would you sit on our advisory board? Okay. One thing led to another. I ended up sitting in one of their executive meetings and then Zach and Tucker invited me to Starbucks and they said, hey, if we give you a ton of equity, would you become the CEO of the company? And in that moment, I remember thinking to myself, hmm, I've been the president of a software company and I can't write code. I can be the CEO of a publishing company and I can't spell, nor can I tell you an adverb from an adjective. God bless America, I'm in. <laughs> and so here I am, and yeah. that's, that's how I became the, and so here we are, what, five years later, uh, we've worked with over 1,800 authors now, and we've grown the hell out of the company. 2020 was our most successful year as a, as a company, so. It's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's a story in and of itself. You know, aside from your personal journey, that story itself about, you know, skills translate. Yeah. You know, if you are, have an aptitude, it doesn't have to stay in one vertical. So I love that. Well, the beauty of it is, I, I always say this to people, never be the smartest person in the room. Yep. And surround yourself with people far smarter than you, yep. yourself. So I know where to get all, all the answers. Matter of fact, uh, Rich and I, when we were talking earlier, Rich said the word posturing. And, and I, I smiled to myself, I don't even know what the hell that means. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then I thought to myself, 
but I got a whole lot of experts here that went to Ivy League schools that I can go find out what possibly Exactly, and that's the other part of that conversation is the fact that you're not afraid to ask. No. And I think that's a lot of that imposter syndrome that people often deal with is, you know, I can't appear, like what you just described earlier in the, the other podcast with Rich, I can appear like I don't have it all together. Right. So I'm afraid to ask why, because that's the impression that I don't know what I don't know. Oh, I am, I am known for stopping meetings and say, okay, time out. What's that word mean? Because I, I don't know what it means. And I'm not going to sit there the whole time and not know what something means. What's funny, uh, Eliza, is, and I, and I live by this, we all have been in a room before where you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I got a question. And then you don't ask. Only two seconds later, someone else asked the question and you're sitting there, oh, yeah, good, good. Yeah, I'm glad they asked. Here's what I have found. If you have a question, there's three to five other people in the room that have the same question. And the bigger the room, the more people have the same question. So I'm just going to be the person who asked the question first. Yeah, relieve the burden from everybody else. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, obviously, that's a huge reason why you've been making this a success. So let's talk a little bit about publishing itself. Yes. Um, so you've been on both sides of the table as an author and as kind of leading a publishing house. So let's talk about, you know, maybe the top two or three things that you wish, you know, most people would know before they even tried to launch a book project. From my perspective, having worked in publishing, it's a lot of times people will say, everyone tells me I have a book and I need to get started. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, there's varying levels of, do you really have a book? Right, right. And so let's start there. Like, what does that mean? And where, where should someone really start, like, evaluating whether that's an option for them? It's, it's funny. So, yeah, that, that one, uh, everyone tells me I, sh I should yes. write a book. Or, or I've wanted to write a book for years. And, okay, well, why haven't you? And so the, the things that I feel that people should know is, do you have enough content? You know, it, it, you and I were talking about this. We actually turn away about 30% of the people who come to us and want to do a book. Top two reasons we turn people away. Number one, they don't have enough content for a book. You know, you may have a great idea. You, you may have a few stories, but you don't actually have enough content for a book. You've got people out there now that uh, they feel that their content's enough for a book and it's nothing more than a blog post. And that hits hard for some people because they, they feel that they have a book. So number one, people don't have enough content for a book. Number two, people lead with, I want to be a New York Times bestselling author and I want to sell a million copies. Every and, time. Every time. And, I, and I, I kindly make the joke, but I'm serious when I say it. Hey, I'm going to refer you over to the Kardashians mm -hmm. because you're seeking fame. That's their business. We're in the publishing business, so we're looking for people who actually have a purpose for their book. Credibility, thought leadership, lead generation, or, or legacy piece. You know, my book's a legacy piece. So what's the purpose of this book? Define success. So for, for me, when I first sat down, I remember I even said this to, to Tucker, Tucker, Tucker Max, uh, my, my co-founder. Keep in mind, Tucker has sold like four and a half million copies of, of books. He is one of four people in the history of the world to have three New York Times best-selling books on the list simultaneously. It's him, Malcolm Gladwell, Michael Lewis, and Brene Brown are, are the only four people who have ever done that. And so when we're sitting there and I, I said to Tucker, I'm like, hey, I don't care if my book ever sells one copy. I said, in fact, I don't want my book to be public. I need five copies for my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren. Mm -hmm. 
my purpose was there. I would have paid whatever amount of money necessary to fulfill and define success in, I need that book for my kids so they know where I come from. So that's a big one for us when we sit down with people is define success. And we take them through there. Awesome content, beautiful cover. We get to the end, great book, define success. Some people struggle on what success is. And we've got to say, hey, this may not be the time for you right now. Yeah. So ultimately, it's it's being able to have, have a healthy, objective perspective on the book being a tool. Yes. One of the things that we've always kind of or I've always encountered is, you know, when you're talking about defining success, like, are you intending to use that lead gen? Are you going to be a speaker? Is right. that a tool that you'll use to extend the relationship beyond the stage? You know, are there different components that you want to make yourself accessible in the written word? Books don't just sell themselves no. on the shelf. There has to be another mechanism. So now let's talk about the contributing factors that make a book a success. So say someone does want more visibility. It's not just a legacy piece, but they really do want to have kind of a machine that moves a lot of books. What are the things that you've seen that have helped people move the needle in terms of what gets books moving in terms of sales? Well, it's, it's, so it's interesting. We, we very much stray away from book sales. And, and here, here's something, like I said, we've worked with 1,800 authors now. We've got a subset of authors who have never sold 100 copies of their book. But of those authors, every one of them has landed a six or seven figure contract. So they're successful. They're like, hey, I never got in this for book sales, but they got those contracts. That's what they were after. They've given the book away for free. We've got uh, one of our authors, uh, my man, Michael Mogill. He can attribute $3 million directly to his book. And he's never sold a copy. He gives it away for free. Mm-hmm. And that's all he does. It's a loss leader. Sends it out to attorneys. That's right. And so now he's back with us doing book two. And so it, it comes down to if the goal is to, to sell books, if it happens, great. And, and this is a, a, a blessing and a curse, if you will. Because we had the incredible opportunity to publish David Goggins' book. Everyone sees us as the publisher, the publisher. I want to do what Goggins did. And, and like, yeah, yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> you know, that's the second best-selling memoir in history, you know, behind Michelle Obama. Not going to happen. And, and it could possibly, but you can't go into it with that goal. And so we, we do our best to set those expectations and really define what is success? Because if it's solely book sales, we may not be the best avenue for you because we're, we're not going to push the book sales. Now, we do the book marketing and we do everything we can to get those book sales up. But if your book sells a thousand copies, was that a success? If it sells 5,000, was that a success? But if you landed business, if you built some relationships, if you made money for your company, that's success. Yeah. It's a, it's a mechanism. It's all yes. just a mechanism. So I, I, I love that. When you're talking, now you've had published 1,800 authors and success is subjective to each of them. It's a very personal journey. For the repeat authors, knowing that success is subjective, do you see kind of that learning curve or that arc of implementation on the writing journey? Do you see that kind of changing a little bit or shortening or, you know, even like sharp left turn of we're going to go a completely different direction? Have you seen any of that? Uh, I've seen the comfort in doing the second book is what stands out the most. 
you know, you're a nervous wreck when you go into that first book. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm an author. I'm an imposter. You know, oh my gosh. Uh, one of our authors said this to me the other day. He goes, man, the first eight seconds when I opened that box and I saw that book, he goes, oh, it was just such an overwhelming feeling. He said, and then second nine hit and it said, oh damn, I'm an imposter. People are going to read this. And so, but the second go round, people were more comfortable. They already know what to expect. Uh, they, they enjoy the process more because writing a book, I, I don't care what anyone says, it's not easy. With us or without us, it is not easy. It's work. There's a reason why Ernest Hemingway went off to Sun Valley, Idaho for six months to write. It's not easy, especially when you have day-to-day life that, that's there for you as well. So we, we do our best to make it as enjoyable as possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's hard. Yeah. So you've already done one book. Would you ever, at the end of the journey or whatever it looks like, would you ever do another one? I am. We, we actually started my second one last week. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's Sorry. the first book I'm going to buy. I appreciate that. Yeah, we. we I'll read the second one before I read the first. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we 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 started my uh, second one last week. It's on modern leadership. I love that. I think when you talk about the idea of the book writing process being very difficult, it's because it's so vulnerable. You're putting your words and your thoughts and your life on paper, like in perpetuity. Like it's it exists. One of my favorite authors ever that I worked with, she always like really struggled with like every word had to be perfect because she's like, this is me on paper for as long as this book is in print. And so it is a really personal journey and it doesn't just happen by accident. There's work that goes into it. Totally. It's it's interesting you say that. Uh, When we were doing my book launch, my wife and I were getting getting ready and she goes, oh my God, are you excited? Your your book's going to launch, you're going to be live, whatever. And I go, no. And she goes, why not? I go, every dark detail of my life is in this book. I've spent 44 years making sure no one knew about my background. Tucker even tells this story. When, when I was at the, the software company and they were thinking about asking me to be the CEO, he said he Googled me. He goes, Man, I have never Googled anyone and not been able to find anything about them. There was nothing about, and I wanted it that way. And so I told my wife, I go, no, I'm not excited at all. I said, let me put it this way. Imagine all the shit you did back in your, your early 20s and, you know, when you, when you were living good. Yeah. And I said, and everyone now got to know about it. Would you be excited? And she goes, yeah, she goes, she goes, okay, I know, I know how you feel now. And I go, yeah, I said, so no, I, I wasn't excited. Oddly enough, what was interesting and what is still interesting for me is when people will email me or write me and thank me for the stories and thank me for, for putting it out there. I never did it for those reasons. I never wanted that book to be public. And through a lot of conversation, encouragement, support, I said, okay, Let's make it public. I even delayed launching my book three months because I'm like, got to think about it a little more. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if I want this thing to. It's to, like having to a be, kid, though. You're never really ready. You, you know, and it's interesting. Here, here was the most freeing part of this. You're right. You, you can plan all day. Yeah. You know, when we had our first yeah. one, we had the the uh, uh, nursery, the crib. We had everything you could possibly. And then she showed up. Oh God, uh, <laughs> it, it's can't refund it. Can't right. refund it. Can't get a do over. It was also therapeutic and it was freeing. There's a page in my book where it says, my name is Javon Thomas McCormick. 
I'm half white, I'm half black. My dad was a pimp and drug dealer. My mom was an orphan. I don't know where my last name comes from. I only have a GD. And that was one of the most freeing things that, you know what, finally, there it is. Yeah, it's on the if, table. If you don't like me, <laughs> there, there it is. I love that. That's amazing. I think there's power in being able to take back your own narrative. Yes. And uh, by putting it on paper, that's a really powerful thing. So uh, congratulations on that. I for being, For being brave enough to do it. Because I think a lot of people who really do have interesting stories yes. and that you want to hear about and like could be really inspiring and they're afraid. Some people have called us out on this and we still stand by it. We do believe everyone has a story. And, you know, we, we do several books for uh, wealth advisors and financial planners. And I, I've always been intrigued by this. For, for me, when you look at the Ford family, the, the, the Rockefellers, you know, they can track like six, seven generations. Like, I can't track 30 minutes. And, and so <laughs> what was interesting to me, though, is that everyone doesn't leave that legacy piece. You know, if you had a, a great career as a financial planner and you helped other families save their money and, and send their kids to college, like that's honorable. And how do your grandkids know about that? So by time your, your grandkids, your great grandkids, yeah, there's like a crumb or two about, yeah, your great grandfather did X, Y, Z, but where are the stories? Where, where does that get shared? So I truly believe everyone has a story. I love that. And it's really true. And I think for those stories that we really want to hear, that's kind of the goal is like, think about what you wish you would have had access to, to read, yes. like what interests you. And then think about that in terms of if you have a story idea, like, would it be interesting to you? We're all ultimately consumers of content Yeah. and it's not just the book. It's the other things that are associated with it. Where else can people hear more about that story? Right. That's funny. You said that um, when you were talking, it triggered me. I remember I went to schools where the schools were so bad, mm -hmm. we weren't allowed to take the books home at night because the teachers feared the books would not come back. Yeah. And here I am, the public CEO of a publishing <laughs> that, See, that's a story. Yeah. Like, there's so many offshoots of that. You can't tell enough of those stories. So let's talk about the fact that there's traditional publishing, there's yeah. hybrid publishing, and then there's self-publishing. Yes. And then there's different quality standards that come with kind of each. And defining success is certainly a part of that one of our colleagues who produced a book and was kind of lured in by a like broker for self-publishing essentially. Yeah. And the end product really is not ideal. You know, it's not visually pleasing and things like that. So um, let's talk a little bit about what does production of a book look like when you're creating something that should look appealing, that people are gonna think is eye-catching, like that is a really good looking book. Oh gosh, so, so yeah. we all have heard this phrase, never judge a book by its cover. Oh, we do though. Try telling a first-time author that. <laughs> That's not going over uh, well. It's like telling them their baby is ugly. Yes, and, and, and it's very critical. You know, the, the layout inside, are there too many uh, page breaks? You know, so every piece of that book is critical. The punctuation, the layout, the cover design, the back cover copy, everything is crucial that you have an impeccable book. So it, it's, it's interesting you, you said this. There's traditional publishing. Everyone knows about traditional. Where that game has changed over the years is unless you've got 2 million Instagram followers, you, you're not getting in the door. There, it's few and far between of who are picked to be traditional uh, publishing. Then you got self-publishing. I, I, no offense, but the way we look at self-publishing is people who go down to FedEx, Kinko's and staple some shit together. And so that's self-publishing. What we've created, our lane, 
is professional publishing because you can put any of these books on the shelf at Barnes and Noble and you don't know if they were published with HarperCollins, Random House, Penguin, does not matter. Our quality is the number one focus here. We get people all the time. Can I pay you extra? And, and we power through the, the process. We won't put speed over quality. I, it does not matter. There is a very, very well-known person, will not say their name, but they have 35 million Instagram followers. And they came to us and they said, hey, how much do I need to pay you to get my book done? And I believe they went out in like three months. I said, God himself could show up and it's not happening. Yeah. And I told him, I said, hey, I'm a, I'm a God first person. My kids go to private Christian school. But if God showed up, I can't make that happen because we're never going to put speed over quality. Well, first of all, just a complete side note in a professional sense, and this is what makes you effective as a leader. One of the things we talk about all the time is just as important as how you build a business is what you say no to. And, you know, we really protect our client intake. We really protect who we kind of accept into our roles because we're not going to say no to someone who's just like willing to use us for transactional purposes. So I, I really respect that. There's people who have entered into our process and they start working with us. And they're just a bad fit. Maybe maybe they treat their publishing manager with disrespect. Maybe they don't treat their scribe respectful. And we'll refund every dollar. Even, even if we've uh, taken on cost that we've already started, I will refund every dollar. Someone called me and asked for this, but I stand by it. He was so rude to our team, our, our tribe members. We call ourselves a tribe. And I said, okay, you know what? We're going to refund every dollar. And I emailed him and I said, not only am I going to refund every dollar, here's an extra hundred dollars for your time. And and people are like, oh, that was a dick move. And I go, maybe, but I won't put your dollars over the well-being of our tribe. People first. So at this point in the conversation, you're probably wondering, where do I get started? Well, great, I have an answer for you. We are offering through Rich Cardona Media a publishing solution. So whether you're thinking about it and you wanna get started where you're halfway there, um, we can help you frame out your social strategy. We can help you with video content. We can help you get to the publishing endpoint. If you want more information about that, please reach out to us. We're happy to help navigate that discussion with you. Info at richcardonamedia.com someone comes to you and says, I'm an author already, you've got to take me, would you qualify them based on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so what, is, just, what does that look like for qualification purposes? At the beginning, we, we run through what's called a uh, qualification or North Star, doc, yeah. North Star doc. Let's define success. Who's your target audience? What, what's the content of the book? And then we, we dig down into that. Okay, so tell, tell me a little bit more about that. And if you find holes in it, we, we got to walk away because you, you know that there's a ton of people who have author on their LinkedIn profile that I'm sorry, there's there's some crappy books out there and that that should not have been written. Everyone has a story, but the way that book was done should not have been done that way. So it's a slippery slope. And again, we, we turn away 30 percent of the people. We have a lot of people that come to us and they're, they they walk away a bit angry because 
we chose not to work with them. Yeah. I think when you go into a publishing kind of direction and you're starting to evolve into that as a purpose for yourself as a professional or just as a person, I just think, you know, you have to have an eye towards making sure that it is a reflection of your brand. Yeah. Like, do you want to put out a piece of content that's going to live forever, the written word, with grammar and punctuation issues? And someone's going to read that and be someone's like, gonna read it. this yeah. is a quack. Yeah, I don't know if you've been in rooms like this where someone has said, I have XYZ number of degrees. And uh, this actually happened to me once where I went and I was like, you have three doctorate degrees. Wow, that's very impressive. And then I went and looked at all the institutions that they had their degrees from, and they were pay online $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally $1,000. The accreditation institute was yeah. some, you know, joke, you know, three people came up with a website and called it accredited because they legally you can say that. It's funny. People, uh, I, I've always said three letters after your name don't make you a leader. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, I said, I had three letters after my name uh, back in, in my teens. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, long before I was CEO, I had three letters. I'm like, how? I said, GED. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, three letters after your name do not make you a leader, does not make you uh, an expert. But we get a lot of people Again, quality is number one. Yeah. And if we can't publish a quality book, we, we won't do it. it, it it's interesting. There is actually a publisher out there that has said out loud at conferences, their CEO, no one cares about your book. It's just a marketing piece. Oh, no. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, don't, don't even come over here if that's your mentality. The details uh, matter, man. The details the matter. Details matter. The and details so matter. we did quality first, yeah. and that, that's uh, above all is quality. And I would just add on one extra thing is if you're willing to take a shortcut to get the book, then that's indicative of other things. Yes. And I think that to me is ultimately, and I really do read into things like this, that to me is if you're willing to take that shortcut just to say that you have that book, that's an integrity issue. Yes. Because that's taking the the shortest route to say that you have something and it's an illusion. So, you know, invest the money, do it the right way. You know, even if your goal is, you know, again, subjective to not move a ton of books, but to have it as a legacy piece, look at it for what it is, but do it right. And here's the thing I would say for for us as well. You know, we we have uh, programs that are 120,000 to work with us. We have one that's 40,000. We have one that's uh, 17 and then one that's 12. But more importantly, we also have on, on, online, we give away all of our content for free. Everything that we do in this process, we actually will tell someone. Now, it's a beast to pull it off, Yeah. but everyone should have the ability to write and publish their, their book. So how would you guide someone that came to you and they had an idea and then you were like, hey, this doesn't fit our standards and criteria, but here's some guidance that we can give you? So I, I'll give you, give you a quick, quick story. I had a gentleman come to me and he'd had a, a bit of success so far in his sales career. He seemed, I don't know how old he was, he seemed 29, 30 years old. So he hadn't been in the game long, but, you know, he did obviously had a little success. At least he felt like he did. And, and I said, okay, how do we put this in a book? He's like, well, you know, I've done this and, I've done, and, and he was giving me my content. I'm like, okay, so let's go through this a bit. What's chapter one? What's chapter two? We were out of gas by four. And I said, hey, man, look, sounds like you were a great salesperson. I go, look, I'm a salesperson at heart, 
So I, I love it. Sounds like you go out there, you make it happen. You, you know, you're, you're doing your thing. Beautiful. I said, man, you got to get a little more content under your belt to actually put together a book. I said, now it sounds like you've got a killer blog post that if you put it out there, it may go viral. I don't know. It may be beneficial for others. But as far as a book, man, you're coming up short. You've got to put a little more time in, have some more experience under your belt to fill this book or you're going to have a pamphlet. So I said, you know, and again, we tell people respectfully, yeah. you know, look, matter of fact, here's one of the things we tell our authors. We will hurt your feelings before we let you publish a bad book. We literally use that quote. We will hurt your feelings before we let you publish a bad book. And so someone who doesn't have enough content <laughs> You don't even get to come in to hear, hear that. We're going to tell you up front, you don't have a book yet. Yeah. So that's back to the original point. Like it all starts with content. All starts with content. And it continues with content. Yes. You know, once you publish a book, the conversation should not end. Yes. It's a vehicle. Um, so where can people learn more about publishing? I know you guys have a fantastic blog. So scribemedia.com. Scribemedia.com. The, all the, the success stories on there. The videos are on there. The... All the books we've published, our offerings, what we do, all all of it's there. We've taken every question we've been asked over the years, and we've put in the FAQ on there, but we've also taken every part of the book process and we've built content around it to the point where we ran out of content to write about on, on the book because we took every piece, subtitle, title, cover design, uh, back cover copy, interior layout, we, everything. And we've we've written a, a piece about it. So it's all out there. Yeah. In fact, one of the things that I uh, have been doing is recommending a lot of the people that come our way to go check out the blog because it is the most comprehensive platform that includes all those information uh, pieces, especially for first-time authors, people that haven't been in the game, they don't know where to start, uh, I would say, please go check that out. Take the opportunity to do that and reach out to our friends at Scribe Media. I'll wrap this up by saying, thanks, Javon. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. I'm sure we'll have more questions that come from this because our other episode about publishing always brings up more people that want to know more about publishing, things like that. So thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you answering the questions. It was great to sit with you in person. Absolutely. Thanks so much. We'll do this again. Yes. All right. Thanks, ma'am. All right. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean so much to us if you would go rate and review this episode and more. It helps us stay visible and helps us serve other people with really good, strong content that can really help them on their journeys, whether through publishing or video marketing, leadership and beyond.